Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Tiffany Fikes. I'm Kimber Lovett-Minkiti. And I'm Seychelle Van Poole. As your team grows from a small, tiny, but maybe mighty crew into a larger organization, um, you really have to think about how your rules of communication flow. And it's so helpful for team members and employees to know how to win and lose with each other um, around communication. Uh, one of my all-time favorite books that has like completely changed my life is the book Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. Um, and it talks about how one of her favorite, like my favorite quotes from her in there is that relationships um, grow or die slowly and then suddenly one conversation at a time. And I just, I believe that is so true when I look around at my world, like how um, my strongest relationships and also the relationships maybe that didn't succeed in the long run really boiled down to um, one missed or one gained conversation at a time. Um, and then suddenly, all of a sudden, that relationship doesn't work or it does, but it really was the culmination of those. Um, so, I, I mean, personally, I can think about a lot of things that I've done really well in communication and a lot of fails. I don't know about you too, but <laughs> yeah, I oh, can yeah. think of a lot of things that I have not done really well. Um, do y'all have any hot buttons around communication or something when somebody says something to you that's like a trigger for you? I, I tell everybody who comes to my organization that if you ever send me an email or a text that says, hey, do you have a second to talk? Oh. Like your phone will ring immediately. Like mm -hmm. just call me or I need more detail. You know, like we can talk mm -hmm. about that later, but from a hot button, mm -hmm. I, and I realized it took me years to figure that out. Mm -hmm. But now I tell everybody like that is going to be a problem if you mm -hmm. send me this message. Mm -hmm. So let's just get some clarity around uh -huh. what we need to talk about. So that's a big one for me. Yeah. That like what, and it sends me into like a spiral, honestly, like an emotional spiral, like that, like, do you have a minute or can we talk? Like, yes. Like, I'm like, are you, are you on your deathbed? Did you just like, are you on the way to the ER? Am I going to get sued? Um, are you quitting? Is somebody about to come attack me or did you get mustard on your shirt? Like, I don't, what is it? <laughs> yeah. And it could go all of those ways. Yes. And it literally. has. Yeah. Yes. Literally. Yeah. That, that's totally a trigger for me. Kimber, how about you? Are there any other phrases that are our trigger ones for you? Oh, I have a few, but but I think yeah, this idea yeah. of like when somebody just comes and dumps and I'm always like, okay, are, are we in mm. event mode? Like, do you just need to get it out? Or, cause I want to move into the solution mode, right? Yeah, so yeah. I definitely feel like sometimes when people just want to come and unleash the problem and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, so are we, are we in the moment where you're just, I'm just going to give you like two minutes to just like Mm -hmm. throw it all up on me, and then mm -hmm. we're going to start to pick it apart. So I think mm -hmm. when people come in, sort of coming in hot, I'm always like, are you coming yeah. in hot right now? It seems like you're coming in hot. Let's like back it up, and then we'll be able to, to solve for it. That's um, really good. I like the way that you handle that, though, because you're right. Sometimes people just need to like get it off their chest, yep. and sometimes they actually want to fix it. Like, Well, it took me forever to realize that there were people who just wanted to get it off their chest. Yeah. Like, I yeah. never just want to get something <laughs> off my chest. Like, we're doing this in solution mode. So recognizing that there was even a difference mm -hmm. helped me a lot in friendships. It helped mm -hmm. me— with, yes. Probably with your kids. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. And just asking that clarifying question, mm -hmm. do you just need me to listen right now? Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that versus like, cause I think naturally, right. Especially like your high achiever entrepreneur, you go right into the solution. And sometimes mm -hmm. the person, what they really needed was just to get it out. And yeah. I found that by just sometimes 
like listening, they solved oh, yeah. for the problem. And okay. I didn't have to jump in to solve it. They just needed to talk through it. And their solution mm-hmm. was buried in that big feeling about it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so true. We had with our, uh, like, you know, the markets are shifting around a lot right now. And um, on our team for our partner gathering, we had everybody kind of give themselves a number of one to 10 of like how their energy was showing up today. Like what what is your energy looking like when you're showing up today, a partner gathering? And we had some nines and we had some fives. And one of our team members immediately wanted to jump in to solve the five mode instead of just like the five is, the five is a five today. Like we don't need to fix the five. They're where it's where it's at and and they can they can work on it. But we had like a whole team conversation around like I, you know, I'm trying to be transparent and vulnerable with my number with you and I'll work on my number, but it's I'm just trying to be real that I'm at a five today. <laughs> so well, and what interesting great, what great leadership though, because knowing that somebody's at a five right. helps you with communicating with them. Like yes. yes, you you were able to have that, but then also you realize, oh, they aren't sh- gonna show They're up not showing as their best today. self. Mm-hmm. And you, you can, can give, give it them grace. some grace. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was it was I really helpful. That. We've been using that um, every now and then, not like every week, but we use it every now and then. If them, if you know, you're just sensing the room's funky. Like it's just sometimes nice to know. Like, is this an off day? And we say, you know, like we can visit the fives. We're not going to stay in the five, right? We can visit there, yeah. um, but we're just not going to stay a five. So that's that's kind of how we do that too. Well, I'm excited for today because we're going to be really talking about some rules for effective communication. Some of the things we've even talked about right now are like those tactics, right, that we can get into as far as tools in the workplace. And what I want to encourage is if you're listening to this today, I don't care whether you're the leader, whether you just got hired yesterday, whether you're in management, um, it it doesn't, and you're part-time, it doesn't matter. Like these rules apply to you regardless of where um, you are on a team. Um, We think these can be really helpful for you all across the board. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on in. I love it. We've come up with five rules for you guys on effective communication in the workplace. So number one is um, don't assume things. Ask what form of communication your team or a company likes to have. So you can create a standard across the company to help people like know how the company is going to respond to things, but understanding how each of your team members Mm. also want to be communicated is different. So, you know, sometimes it's text, sometimes it's email calls. Sometimes leave me a voicemail or don't leave me a voicemail. I I don't think anybody's mailing their communication uh, (laughs) into the team at this point, but you know, we have a client, we have a client that doesn't check their email and we have to mail them correspondence right now. Okay. Yeah. We kept sending Great. them emails and they were like, I don't check that. And we were like, or we'll mail, we'll mail it to you. Yeah, we can awesome. we'll mail it. <laughs> well, we do that with our clients, right? Yeah. Like, we right. do that with our clients all the time. We say, how would you like to communicate mm-hmm. with me? Like, can I text you? Do, is, was there a certain time? Mm-hmm. But we sometimes skip that with the team. How do yep. people like to be communicated with? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And this is where uh, the DISC profile comes in to really be effective. Because really, the whole DISC profile is about communication style. It doesn't mean an I is going to be the bubbliest personality. It doesn't mean that a D Mm -hmm. is necessarily going to be blowtorching everyone. It's more communication Mm -hmm. styles and how they like to be communicated with and what you can expect from them. I love that. And using the disc, my favorite part of using the disc is actually to understand how to communicate with somebody when they're really stressed out. Like that to me with the disc, I'm like, the, the thing this tells me more than anything else is when you are freaking out about something, how I need to show up for you. Yeah, and it's it's not just 
the form. It isn't just, is it a text? Is it a call? It is what is included in this. Like for me, if you're going to communicate with me, I need a little bit of detail, but I need it clear and fast. And I do not want all the details. So if there's an issue you're bringing me into, no, like bring, bring me the bullet points. But if you just do the, the heading with no bullet points underneath, that's not going to communicate well with me for sure. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, understanding, do they want the details or mm -hmm. do they want bullet points Mm -hmm. or do they just want to chat? You know, Mm -hmm. knowing that. So number one, how does people or how do people want to be communicated with both the style and the vehicle? I love that. Well, and you know, it's interesting too, like our admin team oftentimes communicate very differently to the sales team then the sales team would communicate to the admin team. And sometimes that really creates friction. Um, Because like, Tiffany, I'm like you, like high level, three bullet points max. If I need more detail, I'll ask you for it. But like, just give me the information to make the decision. Um, And our admin team asks all these other questions. Like, well, did you think about this? Did you go through that? Did you already exercised this. And the, t- the sales team is sending the high-level bullet points. But what the admin team wants to see is their thought process. If it's a problem or like a major decision needs to be made, they actually want to know what you thought through to get to that decision. Um, so the level of detail they require is like completely different sometimes than what our sales side needs. Yeah, it's detail. And I think it's also like how they're communicated to. Like when I look at like the disc profile, a D can come in and I don't need to say good morning. I don't need to ask how your weekend was. Like I can come in and I can direct exactly what I need from you. And a lot of times our S's, our behavioral style, my chief of staff, when we started, we did our expectation dialogue before she started. Joaquin was like, it's really important to me that like good morning is important to me. Like I was always, I was raised that that's, we all, you greet people first before you dive right in. And what a gift to know that that was really important because I can sometimes like come right in and I'm like, I need this from you and this from me. And it, it literally, I pause in the morning before we start. And I just know that I'm going to take a couple minutes and just check in with her before we dive into whatever the, the list of agenda items are. So I think even understanding not just how, but also like the, the, these, social emotional part of how we actually want to be engaged in that communication. Yeah, totally agree. So the second one, right? So when you think about your communication, not just how they like it, but also having an agenda. So sometimes it's death by meetings, no matter what industry you're in, or you've got tons of meetings every day, but being able to be really clear on what's the agenda, what's our goal here. And out of that, setting up deadlines. Sometimes you know when you're meeting to meet, when you walk out and nobody actually knows what you were supposed to do after the meeting. You don't know who was responsible. Do you have deadlines? Who's actually going to help drive those initiatives forward? And to be really clear, have somebody who's going to document it and be clear on who's going to own it, who's the owner, and by when is something due. If you haven't, we've got some great episodes on the Level 10 meeting. Go back, check those out. It'll really transform your business by just having clarity on the agenda and what it is that you're looking to accomplish. Love that. Okay, number three. I believe growth is in reflection. And so when Mm. you do have communication, look back and say, was that the right vehicle? Was that, could that meeting have been an email? (laughs) Or should the 14 emails that I just sent on that topic, I probably should have picked up the phone and had a call about that. So when you are having communication with your team, make sure that it is happening in the most effective way. Look back and say, could this meeting have been an email? Could these emails have been a call or should they have been a call? So that's number three. Look back and reflect on your communication and make sure that it's in the most effective kind of communication. Yeah, Did that I work? love that. Yeah, that perfect. That works perfectly. That makes so much sense. 
So now here's where it really gets fun is when there are big problems or issues or things that need to happen in the workplace, like establishing um, a rhythm and a rule for how you handle those can be so incredibly powerful. So number four for us is when you have an issue, it's actually great to get like a a framework or an expectation around how those things get handled, whether it's a client problem or whether it's a team member problem. Um, and so I'm I'm happy to share mine. I would love to hear if you all have kind of a rhythm or a cadence that you use in your organizations as well. Like for us, if someone comes to me with a problem and it's not like a whine or a gripe, it's like a legitimate issue, the, the first thing I'm going to do is ask them to walk me through what their problem is and what their ideas or suggestions are to fix it. Because a problem without an idea at least or two to fix it to me is just whining. Um, And we're going to go away. Like, we're going to go away and think about it. We're going to come back. Um, But assuming they have that, what I usually do is I'm going to actually document what they're telling me. Like, I'm going to take notes. Like, so you're telling me this is the problem. You're telling me this is the, the situation you're having with this person or with this issue. And here are your ideas to fix it. Um, And then what's going to happen is either we're mediating a conversation between team members um, or I'm then going to have them make sure they go back to the team member first to address it. And if they can't fix it, then they come back to me and let me know and we'll handle it as a group conversation. When it's a client problem, the one thing that's different with that is we're going to hear that I usually, you know, like y'all probably get the angry client or the angry, you know, person calls about someone on your team. That's usually all of us kind of get those escalated calls. Um, what I will do is tell that client, like, thank you for calling me. I want to hear what's going on. Um, I'm going to take specific notes. So if you hear me typing in the background, I'm taking specific notes about exactly what you're telling me. And then what's going to happen, Mr. and Mrs. Client, is I'm going to go to the team member and I'm going to address it directly with them. And I'm going to share with them the feedback we received and figure out what we're going to do to work through that. But we all know, right? Like there's always three sides to every story. There's the client's perspective or one person's perspective. There's the other's person, you know, other side's perspective. And probably the truth is somewhere in the middle. And so I always tell our team members, like, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up the phone and call you and tell you that, like, you know, hey, we're, we've got, you know, this issue that you need to know about. I'm going to email you the notes that I have on it. I want you to read it, think about it, and then I want you to call me because I want to hear your side of the story. I know there you have a side. So I'm not assuming what I just got told is 100% the truth, but I need you to understand what their perspective is so we can figure out a way to, to come together on that. And by doing that, it, like, it takes the emotion like out of the problem I found and kind of takes it more into a solutions-oriented mode because they know they're going to be heard and they don't have to be defensive off the bat. I would love, you know, I would love to hear if y'all have something that you're doing too. Well, I just think like, that's a great example of somebody who just wants to be heard. Those clients yes. who are upset, like just yes. telling them, I care, I am listening, like I am going to take action on this can yeah. often diffuse the problem. Absolutely. So, that's definitely somebody that when they are calling and talking to you, they want to be heard yep. first and foremost. Yeah. And I find that both, this is a parenting thing, but with clients as well, just saying like, I can really appreciate how you feel that way. Just like the empathy of saying like, I see you. And I God, I, I can imagine if like, if somebody, you know, left your all your doors unlocked, I'd be really upset too. Like, just like that, get on the level and understand and honor the feeling before you have to like map out a solution for it. One thing we also do when people come in and, and one of our early team leaders uh, had some great, a great statement that she would always say, even if agents, two agents walk in the door and are upset about it, with each other, honor the absence, 
We're going to honor the absence, right? So like it, we're going to get everybody in the room together to figure this out. And so maybe that isn't always working with a client, but certainly if you have agents on your team, if you've got a fellow agent in your market center, or your office, like, hey, let's let's figure it out. Like, let's talk through it, but then let's all get in the room together. And if you need me to mediate that, like I'm happy to do that so that everyone can be heard. But really like you find so quickly that there's a lot of energy around something. But when both when people are sitting side by side at a table, it definitely changes the I dynamic. love that. That's awesome. Yeah, anytime, any communication in my life, it's, you know, if we're talking about someone who's not in the room, my first question is, have you talked to them? Mm-hmm. Or do they know that mm-hmm. this is an issue? It works with children. Yeah. It works with your team children. Yes. You know, it, it works <laughs> with everyone. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes, like, you know, a lot of society, and myself included, was raised that, like, instead of talking about the issue, you just sweep it under the rug, get over it, and you're fine, right? Like, how many times have we also like, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm, it's fine. Like, and really, like, you're fine until you're not fine. You know, that's right. probably why Susan Scott's book spoke to me so much is <laughs> because I would, like, I would bottle and explode instead of just working through simple problems. Don't do that anymore. But I did for a long time. Um, and really understanding that actually conflict is an opportunity to build a relationship. It's not, it's not because somebody's good or bad or right or wrong. It's just an opportunity to deepen the relationship. Totally changed my perception on when things go bad, um, or when, when things go sideways, like how, how we can actually work through those. And those are opportunities. They're not threats or, um, conflict really. It is. And I think as the leader, racing to that is can often be like not maybe what you're wired to do like I know for me I don't love Mm -hmm. conflict and so I actually think via you know the first um one of the first keynotes I saw her do she talked about this right being the leader that hides being the leader like do you find that you're in your you go in your office Mm -hmm. and you close the door you're working from home and you're not coming in are you avoiding Mm -hmm. your team are you hiding because you're not having to deal with with a conflict or a hard conversation and I think that really takes us to the next one right when we think about number five if you have a team member that's upset maybe you're not mediating between two people. You're the person, right? Like, or you've got to address a hard issue with them. Ideally, you've had expectations conversations and maybe this is a good time to reset a relationship where you actually get to ask when there's not a problem. If we ever had a big conflict, how would you like me to handle Mm -hmm. it with you? Knowing that and revisiting that. If you did that in an expectations dialogue before somebody started, awesome, go back and revisit it. But if you're sitting down, one, setting up time, never doing it publicly, never doing it in your team meeting, right? Identifying a time where you can sit down with somebody one-on-one, not having an army, right? We, we, I think uh, Brene Brown says this, right? Avoid the invisible army. Mm. Well, everybody feels mm-hmm. this way. Who's everybody, right? So when you're walking in as a leader, you've got to take that same lens. Outline the problem, right? Before you go in there, outline the problem. Think about what you want in the interaction and the conversation. This is a big one. What do you want on the other side? Are you having a conversation where you really want to coach somebody out of a role? Are you actually trying to work through a hard issue to get to the other side and be in a better position? What's your ideal outcome? And what is the win that you would want? And really for both parties, what's a win for you? What's a win for the agent or the other person Mm -hmm. on the other side, right? Fill in your, your, your partner on the other side of this conversation. Yeah. And one of the best points of advice I've always gotten is we all always have DNA in a situation. Yes. Always. And so think about your DNA in the situation, right? What part of that situation um, 
are you going to need to own? And in, in sometimes these hardest conversations, the fastest way to diffuse it is just by owning your part right up front, apologizing for the role you've played in it and own what you did to contribute. Hey, I know I've missed our one-on-ones for the last month, and we really haven't had a chance to sit down and have a conversation about your interactions and how you feel like things are working or not working on the team. Especially when you have big transitions, yeah. maybe you had an admin transition, maybe something's been going on. Just own the role that you or the team have had in the problem. And then ask for help. You might be that you're stuck. Some of my hardest conversations I feel like have have been easier because I've gotten other people's perspectives before we before we even go in so that I've got, mm-hmm. somebody might have to help me pick out, point out where my DNA mm-hmm. was, uh, or just help me think about the solution. And then worst case, right, maybe you do need somebody to come in and help mediate or referee. Maybe you're playing that for two people, but if you really feel like, hey, I think I'm going to need somebody else that's going to help, maybe emotions are high or just going to help us get get to the well, end. And then ultimately having a clear finish. No, it's totally Sorry. fine. One of the things that I yeah. realized is as the leader, if you're involved in the conflict, you're still the leader and they still may not be honest with you. Like the value of a third person to help mediate the conversation and allow Mm -hmm. them to, and give them permission. Because even you as the leader saying, hey, it's okay, you can tell me how you really feel. Like you're still the boss. You can still fire them for whatever they say. And so like, recognizing that your weight, uh, your words carry more weight in the conversation for those people. that's a great point. And like the value of that third party somebody who is not involved in the in the resolution at all or the weight of the resolution can just mm-hmm. help diffuse that. My mm-hmm. I, that was just a big learning for me that like even if I am being vulnerable and I am showing up they I'm still the boss. And mm-hmm. so my my words are heavier. Mhm. I think something that helps me when I enter into these sort of conversations too is to make sure that I understand that the reason why I'm bringing something up is because I care or I value the relationship as well. And so like if if Tiffany and I were having a conflict, one of the first things I would always say is, hey, I, I need some help. I'm having trouble with like a situation between the two of us. And I want to I wanna bring it and talk with you about it today. But the reason why I'm bringing it up, I just want you to know is because I really care and I want to figure it out and I want to work through this um, to get to the other side. And it's been sitting on me for a while. And I just, I don't, I don't want to let something fester. I'd rather move through it with you and we figure it out instead of me just holding on to something that you have no idea is happening. Um, And so I always try to just set up like upfront too, like, I want your perspective. I care about you. And I, you know, I want to figure out a win on this. Um, And Nick has been saying to me all this year, it's been a really good phrase in my head where if you're walking around, like sometimes issues are just not issues and you need to get over it. But sometimes issues are a big problem and you really do need to talk about it or work through it. And Nick has always said, you know, Seychelles, don't suffer twice on something. Like don't walk around suffering with something um, when the other person has no idea that you're even like struggling with it. Like have the conversation or work through the problem or just get it over with. And instead of spending two weeks preparing for the meeting, just have the conversation like sooner. (laughs) And so sometimes I over-prepare for the things that I think are going to happen that aren't really going to ever happen. But I have a plan like A, B, C, D, E, and F. And he's like, just, you know, A, A, and B is probably fine. You know? (laughs) It's probably enough. It's probably enough. 
And I think sometimes you have to get ready to like armor yeah. up a little bit. Like in terms of you might be getting some feedback that's really hard because a lot of times our organizations reflect us. They are mirrors yes. to the way we communicate. They're, they're mirrors to our style. And so you might be getting feedback, especially if that person's been holding something in for themselves, that might be hard to hear. And so even this last one, when you're thinking about like the action item of that conversation, sometimes we've had to take time mm-hmm. out. Like if you're if the emotions are charged or you're not really getting to an action or maybe everybody just needs to step back and decide, hey, is this the business relationship that makes the most sense going forward? If you're going to not get to a conclusion, schedule the next meeting. Hey, let's go home and let's take the evening, think about this, and then let's plan to regroup tomorrow at noon. Setting a timeline for everybody if you need to take a break or setting whatever that commitment is. Hey, okay, so we're going to both agree that we're going to reset the 30, 60, Mm -hmm. 90, and we're going to reset the role, and we're going to reset the commitment, and we're going to revisit. And what what are both of you committing to doing? to mm-hmm. actually improving the communication, the relationship, whatever whatever you need on the other side. But you want to leave with something, even if it's just a follow-up yeah, meeting. I love that. I love that. Well, you guys, I really appreciate the opportunity today. We reviewed the five f- rules for effective communication on your team, right? Understanding what the best form of communication is for your team members, making sure you're showing up with an agenda, and does the meeting really need to happen, right? Like, be aware of that. Um, take note when something could be a quick conversation instead of a long, drawn-out meeting, like have the right message in the right format. Um, when there are problems or challenges, make sure you have a set rhythm in your organization for how you handle that to create a safe space for conflict. And last but not least, if it's you that's having the problem, <laughs> right, make sure you're showing up as the leader and understanding that you do carry weight and how you handle that situation actually sets the tone for your team. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. And as always, go out there and build a big business, but more importantly, an even bigger life. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Have a great week.